Welcome back to EK Impactors, a podcast brought to you by Orangutan Alliance, a not-for-profit organization supporting awareness, reforestation, and conservation projects that are working to protect endangered species affected by non-sustainable palm oil production. So if this sounds like you, make sure to hit subscribe, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. Hello and welcome back to Eco Impactors, a podcast brought to you by Orangutan Alliance. Today we are joined by a very special guest, Lorenda Jane, the founder and director of Palm Oil Investigations, an organization that exposes the truth about palm oil and palm oil products on Australian shelves. In addition to that, since being founded in 2013, Palm Oil Investigations has grown to become the world's largest palm oil consumer activist movement with over 200,000 members on Facebook worldwide. So, Lorinda, thank you for coming on the show. Hi, Blaine. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. It's great to have this chance to have a chat with you. Yeah, absolutely. Long time coming. <laughs> Long time coming, but we got there and that's the important part. Yeah. All righty. Yeah. So, in today's episode, we're going to dive into the world of palm oil and explore some you know, potential challenges and potential solutions found within this very complex industry. But yes. before we do that, can we please rewind a little bit and talk about how and why palm oil investigations started? Okay. Well, firstly, I had no background in, you know, animal activism, um, environmental issues or palm oil. I'm basically a single mum that saw an image on Facebook that had been shared back in 2013. And I'll actually give you a copy of the photo so that you can probably put it up on the on the um, podcast so that people can see what I'm talking about. There was an image that of an orangutan, a male orangutan that had been burnt in an oil palm plantation, and it, it was it had gone viral. And this image, he was holding, you know, had his arms above his head like this, and curled up, and that orangutan eventually died. Now, all this image said was palm oil. I never knew about orangutans being, you know, on the critically endangered list. I never knew what palm oil was. And I had a lot of friends that were sharing this image and I had one of them put a post up on Facebook and basically begged everyone to please stop sharing this image because it was so upsetting. So I made a comment and I just said, I'm going to find out about palm oil. I'm going to look at what it is, why the orangutan had been burnt. And I did that, went back to the post and I said, right, I've got a little bit of information. It's an oil that goes into food. How about I start up a Facebook page and I will find some products that have palm oil and you guys can all come in and we'll share our photos with each other. So that's how it started. I found my first product. I went to my pantry. I was looking for vegetable oil because I knew it was a hidden ingredient found a box of Arnott's barbecue shakes, saw that it had vegetable oil on it. I rang Arnott's to find out that that was palm oil. I put together a little graphic with a picture, you know, not a not a um, gruesome picture, just a picture of an orangutan with deforestation and overlaid a box of Arnott's shapes and said, Arnott's shapes contain palm oil. That picture went viral. Uh, within a couple of hours, it had something like 10,000 shares and that's how we started. From those 10,000 shares, our page numbers, the page just started clicking over and clicking over. We just had like, you know, likes, likes, likes. At this point, it was just me and everyone was saying, what else is it in? 
Interesting. I like how, so there was two viral components there. The first viral image that you saw that sparked this curiosity and then you acted upon that, created a graphic, you shared that, and then that also went viral. Yeah. And that was the beginning of this organization. Yeah. 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 And then I had under that post, there was a lot of people that didn't know what palm oil was back then. A lot of people arguing that there was no palm oil in Arnott's because it just listed vegetable oil. And a lot of people asking me, about the palm oil issue. I didn't sleep for days because this post, it was just constantly going and I was trying to answer all these questions and I didn't really know a lot about it. So I was researching. It's all self-research, the whole thing. Yeah, I really like that part. A, the fact that you didn't necessarily have a background in this. I like that part because that makes the solution open to everyone effectively. Exactly. And then also the component of the internet and using these new technologies. That just shows to me how powerful this can be. And this was back in 2013. Yes. And it just shows, you know, if you want to learn about something, you can do it. You can do it. Definitely. So we touched on some of the environmental impacts and animal right concerns with palm oil. Yep. But what is palm oil and why is it such a popular ingredient? Palm oil is probably one of the most productive crops. So some people think that, okay, it grows on a palm tree, then you cut the palm tree down and it grows again. No, the lifespan of an oil palm tree is around about 30 years. So it will produce fruit for around 20 of those years. And it it is a constant fruiting plant. So it's very, very high yielding, one of the highest yielding oils that there is. It only grows, the issue is, is it only grows in 10 degrees north or south of the equator, right? And that's where all the tropical forests are, you know, the most biodiverse parts of the world are there. So that's the only place it will grow and yield fruit. You can grow it in top end of Australia, but it won't fruit, Mm -hmm. right? And the reason why brands use it, because it's grown in Southeast Asia, so you've got Indonesia, I think it's about 87% is grown in Indonesia and Malaysia, it's cheap. It's cheap to produce, it's high yielding. So that's why it's used in food products. So there's that reason. They've switched out a lot of locally grown oils for palm oil because they can that's where the manufacturers can save a dollar. They can also save a dollar because it extends the shelf life of packaged food. So the food is lasting longer on the shelves, so there's you know, there's not so much waste. And it's used in personal care and turned into so many ingredients because it's got such a high fatty acid content. And from that, the carbon chain lengths and all, all of that, that, all of that, <laughs> that's when you're getting into the scientific stuff that, that I don't quite understand, but I'm, that's what I do know, it has a long carbon chain. It's able to be turned into hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of ingredients, very similar to coconut oil. Coconut oil is not a reliable crop like palm oil is. Okay, so it's a a very efficient crop and it's a reliable crop and that translates to, I guess, saving money and that is obviously very attractive for many businesses. Yes, because they can't, you know, big businesses, they can't save money on their their transport, their logistics, you know, all Mm. of those kind of things, their staff Um, because we've got all laws about minimum wage and ward pages, all that, so they can't cut costs there. 
what they can cut cost in is the ingredients. Yeah, and I think that's important for people to understand that aspect because that seems to be the root. That's that's yeah. why this is happening. Yeah. Um, one issue that I have with palm oil from a consumer perspective is the fact that palm oil seems to take many different forms and names when listed in the ingredient section of a product. Yeah. So to add to that, why isn't palm oil clearly labeled in Australia and New Zealand? Okay, there's been a lot of campaigns to try and label it. The Zoos Victoria and I think it's Unmasked Palm Oil in New Zealand, quite a few have been trying for many, many, many years, but it will never happen. Mm. I can tell you it will never, ever be labelled within Australia. Why? Because Indonesia and Malaysia are neighbours of ours, basically. They're just across the ditch. Um, We have a lot of trade with these countries and there's been threats of if we oust palm oil or discriminate, they see these countries see it as discrimination against their income and their crop. So there's been threats made with Australian government that if we label palm oil and discriminate against their oil, they won't buy our beef, they won't buy our, you know, what whatever's going over there. So it will not ever be labelled. I can tell you that now. And the only way, and I've been saying this for years, the only way that it will get through Parliament is if we remove the palm oil campaign and it become label all oils. Okay. So what does that mean? That means that be it sunflower, olive, canola, coconut, palm, whatever, if we labelled all oils, it would be clearly labelled. And then it's not discriminating against Indonesia or Malaysia. It's also, it, it's labelling oils from all around the world. And it just then so happens that palm oil comes into that as well. That's the only way it will get through. But every time I've tried to explain that to the people running the campaigns, they've basically, you know, they've been going at it for so long that to change these campaigns is, is like starting again. Okay, but would that be helpful from an environmental point of view? Like, would that make any positive impact? Yeah, it would be a positive because then you'd be able to look at a product and know whether it has palm oil. But if we change that campaign to label all oils, it'll get through. That's how the EU got it through. Okay, so that's that's the direction we should be taking in, in your that opinion. That is the direction we should be that, taking. That is the direction. Absolutely. Okay. Um, to talk about the work that you do, what has Palm Oil Investigations done to help help the cause and mitigate this problem? Well, for starters, we've raised awareness. So there's a lot of people that now know what palm oil is who, who didn't know about it before. Uh, we've worked with the... NGOs on the ground where we've helped with their campaigns. We've raised a lot of money over the years. We've helped build new rescue centres. We've funded rescues, illegal wildlife raids. We've worked with hundreds of brands that have been using palm oil or using an uncertified, unsustainable palm oil. We've got them, we've shifted them into using only a certified supply if that's what, you know, if they can't remove that oil or don't want to remove that oil from their products we've helped them a lot of brands remove the oil and reformulate we're not formulators but we work in with their formulators and we you know do all of that so we've actually done quite a lot over the years to help without us put it this way without us all the ngos would actually suffer if we weren't there 
When I think of conservation, I, I think of it like a jigsaw puzzle and yeah. each piece of the puzzle is an NGO or an individual or a, yeah. another project. And I guess what, what you do is an integral piece of that puzzle. Without that, it would be an incomplete picture. Yeah, we're dealing with the end product. And the thing is, is unless you fix, so you've got to really fix the source and you've got to fix the end. And everything that's happening in the with the rescue centers and with the that that's all happening in the middle they're dealing with the impact of so it needs to be fixed at the core and it needs to be fixed in the end product and the core is not going to repair itself unless the end of the issue is repaired does that make sense that does make sense 100 percent. we need to be tackling this from multiple angles obviously yeah because if the brands aren't demanding a traceable supply then they're not going to provide a traceable supply. Yeah, that ma- that makes perfect sense. Um, you mentioned before certified palm oil. Um, one idea that comes up a lot when talking about palm oil is this concept of sustainable palm oil. Yeah. So based on your extensive experience working within the space, what are your thoughts on sustainable palm oil? Firstly, I believe that the supply can be regulated, right? but I do not believe in the word sustainable palm oil, right? So palm oil is, is a monoculture, right? So it's not sustainable. None of them are. Like if you look at coconut plantations, rapeseed oil, soil, they're, they're a crop, so they're not sustainable. They do have an end life. But there's a lot of hiccups with the sustainable palm oil, and we can talk about that. Let's talk about it. We can talk about that. but. It, it needs to be, I hate using the word sustainable. There, there you go. So it needs to be either ethically sourced or traceable supply. But the word sustainable really should be removed. That's my personal opinion. It's probably not the same opinion as a lot of other people, but that's my personal opinion. And is that because there's too much grey area now around that word? Yes. Okay. And because yes. of that grey area, people can leverage that for good or bad. Yes, and we can talk about that. We can go into the RSPO and we can talk about sustainable, certified sustainable palm oil and and why that word is not as, it's been abused. It's used for everything and it's got to the point where it means nothing. All right. Well, that's that segues to the next question, which is some brands say that they only use RSPO certified sustainable palm oil. So can you speak about that? Yes. So all brands, not some brands, all brands say that they use certified sustainable palm oil. Very few of those brands actually are. Okay. Right? So what, what they actually do is the brands, they will join the RSPO, right, which is the Roundtable on Sustainable Oil, Palm Oil. They're the certification body for oil palm, right? And there's so many different levels of certification within that system. Only two of those are actually certified, right? So they're the top end. You've got a what's called a segregated supply and you've got an identity preserved, right? Before there, you've got a whole heap of other supply chains, certification, which in actual fact, they're not certified. So what happens is these brands go in, they become a member, they pay a membership to the RSPO, which then gives them the right to say that we are members of the RSPO, therefore we only use sustainable palm oil. Mm -hmm. That's not the case. It just means that they're a member of the RSPO. 
it doesn't mean that they're, they're using sustainable palm oil. They're just a member, right? Yes. Then you have other ones that are a member and maybe using a little bit of certified sustainable palm oil. But those brands still say we are a member and we only use certified sustainable palm oil. It's not the case. They may be using what's called RSPO credits, which means it's an offset. It's uncertified, but it is contributing to the production of certification, right? Yep. Above the credits, which used to be called green palm, the next level up is what's called mass balance. Mass balance is a mixed supply. So that means it's a certified supply and an uncertified supply. And they mix it together, right? Yeah, I know. <laughs> it, 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 it's like being a little bit pregnant. So it's a certified supply and an uncertified supply, and they mix that all together, right? And they sell that off as what's called mass balance. And the claim that can only be made about that supply is that it contributes to the production of certified sustainable palm oil. Mm -hmm. But brands don't really grasp that and they say that they're only using the certified supply. Interesting. Okay, so let me just dive into that a little bit. So all brands that become members are SBO members. Yes. Once you're a member, does that allow you to use some sort of sticker or label or stamp on your products? No, but no. What, it does, what it does do is allow you to use the RSPO name. In your marketing? In your marketing. Which is obviously critical. Yes, in the okay. marketing. But also what happens is then you have other brands that aren't RSPO members but might be buying from RSPO members and then they make claim that they're only using sustainable palm oil because they're buying from. But the fact is, and this is where there's big problems in within the RSPO and the certified claims, if you haven't been audited, if your supply hasn't been audited, or your factory hasn't been audited and you do not have a certificate in your name, right, that says Blaine has been audited to be only using segregated supply or identity preserved supply. If you haven't had that done, you really shouldn't be making any claim as to using a certified palm oil. Interesting. Okay, so... It's confusing. It, 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 I know. Yeah, it's very complex. Complex and grey, and that's the worst kind of complexity. Yeah. From I'm trying to bring it back to a contemporary example of where this could be a problem. So, if a brand becomes a member of this uh, of the RSPO, yes. and that that entitles them to use that membership for marketing purposes, does that mean that brands on social media that may say they are certified or sustainable palm oil in their yep. Instagram bio, for example? Yes. Take that with a pinch of salt because that may not necessarily be the case. No, that well, consumers should never trust it. Yeah, okay. Consumers really should never trust it. And we actually have a section, I'll send you the link. We yeah. have a section on our website. It was a blog that I wrote probably 12 months or so ago that actually gives you instructions as to how to check whether... Okay that brand is in fact certified or not, except for I think the RSPO has changed the links around a little bit now, so I might have to check that they still work. But we can we can put that website up afterwards. Yeah, that'll give you a tool to be able to check, yes. to be able to, look, I come across a brand the other day, I was talking to Flora Margarine, that is saying, we only use certified sustainable, 100% certified sustainable palm oil. So I went in, I checked their membership, and I find that, yes, there are SPO members, but they're 
and, and they're, these guys are based in Australia, New Zealand. That's where they're manufacturing. And they said it's 100%. I went in, I checked, and they're not certified in Australia, New Zealand. They're certified in other parts of the world, but there's no facility certified in their name within Australia where they're manufacturing. So they come up, you know, and start arguing. No, yes, we are. We are only using certified. And when I looked at the, the certification for the ones around the world, it was a mass balance, which is what I was talking about before, yep. mixed with a little bit of segregated supply. So they're not allowed to say that they're 100% certified. What a mess. Oh, it's, a, it's an Big absolute mess. nightmare. And it's like, you know, you've got accreditation such as choose cruelty free, right? So that you know if you're buying something that's got the little leaping bunny on there, that it's cruelty free, it has not been tested on animals or, you know, in the last five, seven years, whatever it is. You can't say with, as an example, it's just been a little bit tested or, you know, it's only got part tested and, but the rest is okay. The RSPO is really the only certification that does this. And in my opinion, and it's just an opinion, I don't know that I'm right or wrong. I don't think that there's anyone that's really got the answer to, to these issues. If they did, the problem would be fixed, but it's not. The Lesser supply chains like your credits and your mass balance really should be knocked on the head and taken out of the system because the reason why all these brands aren't using and aren't demanding a fully certified supply is because they can source this other stuff that's mixed and cheaper and doesn't have that premium and make the same claims. Mm. So why shift to a fully certified supply if you can get away with without any reprimand from the RSPO and say, well, we're using sustainable palm oil. Exactly. There's no in, there's no benefit for them to do there's that. There's no incentive. Yeah. There's no incentive. If you remove those supply chains and stopped everyone from say, making these false claims, those brands would be actually uptaking and buying the fully certified supply. And if they had the demand there for it, then they would be producing it on the ground. Yeah, that makes there's sense. no demand. Yeah, we need to incentivize that change somehow, but that's obviously more easier said than done. Um, one thing that I've noticed at Rangitan Alliance is that there seems to be this growing demand for palm-free options. Yeah. So why do you think this is the case? Why are there so many consumers searching for palm oil-free options? I believe it's because we've created that from 2013 because we've, we've raised the awareness and people are a lot more aware now. They also understand, you know, because there's many, all the NGOs and as well as Orangutan Alliance and ourselves, we're, we're showing people what's going on on the ground over in especially Indonesia. People love orangutans. They love elephants. They don't want to see their species go extinct. There's the forest issues, but people seem to be more concerned about the cute and fluffy or the, you know, the animals that are critically endangered. So because they're aware of that now, they're, they're wanting... They don't want to be contributing to it, to the problem. It's like when I first found that, that box of Arnott's Shapes with the vegetable oil in it, I was horrified and I felt like I had been unwillingly contributing mm -hmm. to the death of a species. And that's an important thing to talk about is this idea of like the awareness part is, I guess, the first step. It's hard to solve a problem if you don't know that problem exists in the yeah. first place. So raising awareness is really integral to the solution. And raising awareness is 
something that everyone can be a part of as well, which is the thing that excites me. Like with your 200,000 plus community on Facebook and your other social media platforms, we are all unifying our our voices towards a common goal. And that is quite powerful. It is powerful. What people need to understand too is it can get a little bit overwhelming. You can't solve all the world's problems at once, right? So concentrate on one or two causes. Like mm. look into palm oil. If you want to concentrate on that, concentrate on that and get another cause. Don't try and overburden yourself with everything because you mm. won't be able to spread yourself that far and things won't change because you'll do a better job if you focus on a couple of causes than what you could do if you're splitting yourself into 100 pieces trying to put 1% here, there and everywhere. Yeah. I think that that's, yeah, yeah. And that's really good advice. Like going back to the puzzle analogy, if we consider the conservation as the puzzle you don't finish the puzzle all in one go. It's one piece at a, at a time. One and, piece at a and time. And if we consider one piece as a small p- uh, part of the problem, that's how we get there. It's just one piece at a time, one piece at a time. Yeah, and chip away. Chip away. Chip away. Speaking of progress, what are some innovations that you are seeing in response to consumers demanding palm oil-free options and deforestation-free options? Okay, there's a few things that have been happening in the industry. Good example, when we first started in back in 2013, there was personal care, cosmetics, you know, liquid soaps, all those things. They all had palm oil in them because there was no alternative for these ingredients. What's happened is because the demand for palm oil-free has grown, brands are now starting to look at other alternatives and because there's other, they're wanting other alternatives and there's so many brands now wanting wanting alternatives that manufacturers are starting to develop these alternatives especially when it comes to palm derived ingredients the little the ones that are turned into the hundreds and hundreds of names so when we first started palm oil free glycerin as an example just glycerin was near impossible to get now it's very rare to find a palm-derived glycerin because they've developed other alternatives. Yeah, so ingredients are changing. And that diversification of ingredients is important. Absolutely. And why is it important to have like diversification in these ingredients? It just gives people choice, mm. right? And for example, say if one brand wants a palm or free, free ingredient, but no one else wants it, they're not going to be able to get it. Right. Mm. So the more that want it, and it and it's not it doesn't mean switching to coconut oil, right? And it doesn't mean switching to something that is going to, to create more deforestation. There's things that have been looked at, uh, such as, you know, coffee, you know, the coffee grains, the waste from coffee, yeast is being looked at. Other things that don't algae is another one that's being looked at, but I've heard there's there's some issues with that as well. But you know, everything's going to have a bit of an environmental impact, no matter what it is, unless it's done from waste. Okay, so it gives consumers more options and gives us the power, I guess, to with awareness to make the the right decision for them and hopefully for yeah, the environment exactly. as well. Just just a just a choice. You no, know? there's so many brands out there at the moment that are making like a cosmetics, mascaras, and all that kind of stuff, and they'll be accredited cruelty free they're trying to get plastic free they're trying to you know not source from overseas so they're cutting down their carbon miles they're trying to post things out in compostable packaging but then it's got palm oil so they can't really tick all the boxes yeah at this point 
Well, I guess there's a lot of boxes, but we should always be working towards ticking all of them. But acknowledging that there's a lot of boxes, I think is probably important as well. Absolutely. You touched on it before, but there seems to be a lot of cosmetics and skincare brands saying they are palm oil free. So what are your thoughts on that? That is one of the most frustrating things that happens in this industry, <laughs> apart from the the false certification sustainable palm oil. The other thing that is extremely frustrating is all these brands that are saying that they're palm oil free when they're actually not, right? And it's done as a marketing or it's done from a lot of small brands. We don't oust a lot of the small brands because, you know, they're, they're a small business. I rather approach them. Like there was one the other day. I had a meeting with one yesterday. I rather approach them and educate them and help them get the palm oil out uh, rather than trying to oust them on our page and, and damage their small business. But they either don't understand the ingredients or see it because it doesn't specifically say palm oil, that there's no palm oil in their products. It doesn't mean that there's no palm-derived ingredients in their products. And I look through some of these ingredients, these palm oil-free claims, where they've got all these people going in, buying all their products, and I look at the ingredients and just go, oh, my God, it is loaded with oil palm. And it's false advertising. They need some training, to be honest. I should set that up. They need some training. You should. I think it's a good idea. Yeah. But with that false advertising and using misleading labels, are there any consequences associated with that? We've tried. No, we've tried. The only consequences is when we actually attack them or when I say attack them, I don't mean with a big stick. I'm meaning, (laughs) you know, oust them on our social media we will ask them. And in a lot of that, a lot of cases, that's when the brand will come to us and say, okay, well, yeah, help us. Yeah, yeah. okay. So that doesn't seem the right. ACCC, the ACCC don't care, which is the the governing body for false claims. They don't care. I've lodged so many complaints against brands, large and small, making false claims, and they've not acted against one. Okay, so in terms of trying to make them care, is is that something that the general public can assist with. If we talk about it more, does that provide more leverage in negotiating with them to care more? Would that be helpful? In, in regard to the ACCC? Yeah. I think the issue with the ACCC, because I have spoken to them, is I don't think there's anyone there that really knows the structure of the ingredients and knows how to navigate the actual ingredients. I think that's the actual problem because... They could go to a brand and say, well, you know, we've been told that you're not palm oil free. The brand can go back and say, well, yes, we are. And ACCC are like, well, we don't even know what we're looking for. You know, if if consumers can't navigate it, there's very, very few people that can detect the palm oil. Okay, that seems like a fundamental problem. Yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. It is because it's turned into so many different ingredients. Yeah. Okay, well, you got your work cut out for you, that's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> it's very frustrating. I, I really strongly suggest that before anyone makes a palm oil free claim to just contact us, email us and check with us. Just say, are these palm free? We'll tell you, you know, mm-hmm. yes or no, or this is what you've got to check. And the best way is email or just... Email, yep, yep. I'll yep. give you the info at palmoilinvestigations.org. Okay, yeah, all this, all this info will be in the show notes as well and on, on social media. And I strongly suggest if you really want to be palm oil free, 
and you want to be able to back up your claims, go, um, you should put the link to Orangutan Alliance. We, we work quite closely with Maria and the team there. They should actually get certified. Mm-hmm. And then you're not going to have people like us on your back <laughs> saying these ingredients are yeah, sus. Yeah. Get, get it certified. Back up what you're making a claim. Yeah, it's definitely a good road to take from a brand or product perspective. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. We, we worked with Olivia Newton-John's brand for close to two years to get that skincare range palm-free. Mm-hmm. And at the end of it, they said, right now, what do we do? I said, go get certified. So introduced them to Orangutan Alliance. Mm-hmm. They got their products certified and they, they don't have a problem anymore. Yeah. Because they've got that little stamp on their products, they don't have to mm-hmm. be answering to consumers, questioning their ingredients. Mm-hmm. Okay, so going through that formal process of getting a Rangitan Alliance Palm Oil Free Certification yep. as just like a stamp to say that we've gone that, we've formalized yeah. that, we're not just saying words. There, there's actually yeah. some substance to what we're saying. There's, yeah. there's some backing behind it. Yeah, and there's a there's a long process to to actually get certified. There's a it's not a simple unless the ingredients are quite simple, but it's not like I said two years to get mm-hmm. these formulations right before they could get the stamp. And you know we're happy to work with any brand to actually get them to that point mm-hmm. so that they know what they're submitting and get the certification through quite quickly. Righty, can we talk about your new POI Eco Store and why you started that? Oh, fun! Fun, fun, <laughs> fun. That's the fun part. We've got some products behind um, you, I believe, from your yeah, store. Yeah. yeah, I've got cupboards full. Yeah, That's, cupboards uh, It's full. all being run from my home office at the moment. I've got Lovely. cupboards all down that side. I've got cupboards down that side. I've got shelves down <laughs> that side behind me. We've been working. There's so many people looking for palm oil-free products at the moment. There's so many false claims out there, which we've been talking about. And there's also a lot of retailers making false claims that what they stock is palm-free as well or only using certified because we've been doing this for what's seven, eight, eight years, and that's all we've done. We know it like the backs of our hands, mm-hmm. and we've got such a big following and such a large mailing list that I figured let's give people a place where they can go and be guaranteed pretty much that that we've done the proper checks and balances. We're not making any false claims. If it's palm free, it if we say it's palm free, it's palm free. We've we've done our due due diligence Mm -hmm. on every single product and it's just giving people an option a place where where they can go and know that it's been done properly but we've gone a little bit further than just the palm oil oh okay keep going yeah a couple of months back when i was getting the store ready because i was getting all these products ready for the store i watched a program on sbs Mm -hmm. um on demand called drowning in plastic Alrighty. And after I watched that, I made the decision I will not have any plastic lids, I will not have any plastic labels, any plastic bottles. It absolutely horrified me. So what I'm doing with the brands that we're stocking is I'm coming up and negotiating with these brands to come up with different ways with their packaging. And that may just mean a little thing, you know, a good example you might see a hand wash, a liquid hand wash, where people say it's plastic free, right? It's not. It's got the pump. The pump in it is plastic. It's got plastic tube. And after watching Drowning with Plastic and what's happening with the shearwater birds, the problems with plastic is all these little components, right, mm-hmm. that are ending up in these birds' bellies. 
and it's the things like the plastic pumps and the plastic little little screw cap lids. So we're doing things like I'm saying to the brands, put a metal lid on it. I don't want the plastic. Send the, the pump separately and we will give the consumer the option to buy it without the pump or buy it buy the pump separately. Clever. And that way when someone actually purchases that pump for a couple of dollars, they value it a little bit more. It's not going to go in the bin as an empty container. They then buy a top-up bottle, use that same pump, put it in the next bottle and the next one and the next one and the next one. So we've removed – it also means that there's a lot of things we can't stock when we're looking at palm oil and plastic, but we're coming up with solutions. I love that. The innovation part and also like just because you don't have a million products doesn't mean that what you're doing isn't valuable. Like having an eco store where you go to and you know that what your a product that you buy from there has gone through this thorough filtration process yeah. of filtering out the palm oil, filtering out yep. the plastic as much as possible. And if you can't filter out a particular part of it, you're, you're giving the, the consumer an option to to use it or not. Yeah, exactly. Love that. You know, I went to a brand the other way. You know, we work very closely with a little brand called Earthly Organics. You know, I've been working with them. They were the first POI approved brand that we worked with, with the ingredients going back about six years or so. And they're only situated 15 minutes from where my home office is. So I went and saw Julie and she's doing her soap and she said, oh, I don't know about these containers, you know, how am I going to do liquid soaps? And she had some tins, right? So they're little, little like a paint tin and she's trialling them out. Throw the label on that, put the, the wash in that and I'll take the tins, mm -hmm. right? So they're completely, they're no sharp edges, how, how to use it. Take the lid off, leave the lid off and sit it back on. You dip your hand in it and there's your wash, you know, because... And then there's no wastage either because you are going to be able to scoop out the entire contents of that, that tin mm. and then recycle the tin. Yeah. I mean, it's just about thinking about things just a little bit different. Like it can be easy going through the routine, but we just, yep. it's important to pause, uh, think about these problems outside the box, just be a little bit creative and just coming up with like solutions that are just a bit more kinder for, for everyone, for the planet. Yeah. You know, I love it. We, we've had so many customers that will come and buy the liquid wash in the in the glass bottles. And we've only been launched now for two weeks and it's, it's stuff, stuff's been flying off shelves. Oh, yeah. It's been amazing. I'm really happy with it so far. And what I love seeing is, you know, I've had, I've got some body washes up there. <laughs> yeah, anyway, I've got yep. the body washes <laughs> up there in the glass jars. And the amount of people that come on, have come and bought four of them and they'll buy one pump. Yeah. And I, I go... See. And I just Love think that. it's only three pumps that haven't gone out into the world, you know, in, into waste. Yeah, but, but that's little by little, little becomes little a lot. Little by little. And yeah. then that same person I'm hoping will come back and buy another three bottles with no pump because mm. they've kept that one pump. Mm. It's just chipping away. Chipping away, just small steps, small steps. Small steps. All right, I've got a, a big question for you, and that is, what is your ultimate vision and mission for palm oil investigations? To not exist. There you go. Full stop. Full stop. To, to actually not have to exist at mm. all. The ultimate goal. That's the ultimate goal. I'd love to continue to run the shop, right, to the POI Eco Store, but I would love there to be no reason for POI to have to exist. I would love <laughs> it if supply was regulated with palm oil, if 
all the animals were out of the rescue centres and living in in the forests and not having to be caged. I would love it if the brands were all sourcing responsible, responsibly and the issue be fixed and us be able to just close down and go away. That's beautiful beautiful answer. Problem. That's one reason, another reason why I just I love this conservation space is, yeah, I speak to a lot of conservationists and environmentalists and that tends to be a fairly common goal for them is. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's like I, I don't want to exist. Like I'm, I'm trying yeah. to save the orangutans, I'm trying to save the rhinos or something, but because I'm doing that, eventually I'd, I'd like to not do that and therefore yeah. be in a position where I don't have to have this organisation. Oh, look, I, I've been through phases where I've gotten, and, and it happens every year, you know, I go through a phase where I go, oh, you know, I'm so tired, you know, because you do this for love, I'm telling you. Mm -hmm. You don't do it for the money, you do it for love. Mm -hmm. And... There's been times where I think I just want to close it down and be able to relax and not worry about it anymore. But you've come so far and you've got, you just can't. You just can't. It's that fire in your belly. You just, you have to keep ticking away. Well, you think what happens if we don't exist? That means that the, you know, if, if we shut down, that means that the consumers don't know what to buy. They, they can't identify palm oil. That means that the brands aren't willing to, to switch supply. They can't reformulate. You know, they, they don't know where to get the palm-free ingredients or they don't understand certification. And then you've got the rescue centres that don't get the awareness and because they don't get the awareness, they don't get the donations. Mm -hmm. it, it's a big, you tip one end, it's like the dominoes, they just all fall over. Yeah. Now what you're doing is, is amazing. So uh, there's plenty of a animals and non-human, you know, there's a lot of people that are grateful for the work that you guys do. Thank you. So how can people connect with you and learn more about palm oil investigations? Marnie, go to our website. Our Facebook page is pretty is quite active, so that's a good one. So if you go to Palm Oil Investigations Facebook page, follow us there. Sign up for our mailing list. Um, at the moment, you'll probably get stuff about the eco store um so that you know what you can buy and things that, that are coming in and and have a look at our website the palmallinvestigations.org okay lovely um so yeah we'll include all that information in the show notes and on social media and yeah that brings us to the end so really appreciate you taking the time for this to have this conversation it's it's one that is really important and one that needs to be had especially considering like you mentioned the grayness around this industry. Yep. Um, the yep. more awareness, the more we talk about it, the better it is for yep. for everyone. And we're just a tiny, a tiny little cog in the overall scheme of things. Yeah, there's a lot of people out there doing really good things in this space, and we're just a tiny part of it as well. But put us all together, we're pretty strong. Thanks everyone for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please feel free to subscribe and leave a review. Thanks again, and we will see you in the next episode.